Coming from the McDowell Heating and Air Studio, welcome to the True Crime Mamas podcast. We are a not-for-profit organization dedicated to shedding light on the many tragic homicide and missing person cases across North Carolina. We strive to honor victims and their loved ones by honestly and non-sensationally sharing their stories. This is a story about a girl who was born into love. She was born to a woman who defined the word grit. A woman who, in the face of difficulty, pulled herself up by the bootstraps and made things happen. This girl was deeply loved by that mama. Both true Geminis who exuded personality, extroverted, extremely clever, all in for their people. This is a story about a girl who was born in the 90s. A girl who now would probably identify with the other millennials on TikTok. She's in that slightly in-between place of still hanging on to youth and in disbelief that there are real adult things. At this point in her life, she may be married. She may have a baby. She may have a mortgage. She is probably a little overwhelmed, yet really happy with her accomplishments in her life. This is a story about a girl, a girl who dreamed of big things in her life. She wanted to follow her mama's footsteps into the medical field. She wanted to be a nurse so she could help others. This is a story about a girl who fell in love hard and fast. Because this girl cared so deeply, she only allowed herself to see the positive qualities. Any red flag she did see, it was easy to explain away. He's having a bad day. I shouldn't have gotten in his way. I should have made sure that I took care of his needs before even thinking of my own. It's my fault. I am worthless. No one else will ever love me like he does. If I leave... I will be all alone. This is a story of a girl who tried to leave. Her mama, who loved her so much, came to her rescue. She ended up going back. While we'll never know why, she was never able to leave again. This is a story of Courtney Deborah Heater. So let's start by telling you guys about Courtney. She was born in LaGrange, Illinois. I hope I said that right. I don't know where that is, but sure, LaGrange, LaGrange. LaGrange. I'm sorry if 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 I'm saying it wrong. I apologize. We're not from here, but uh, (laughs) we're trying. We're trying. So on her birthday was May 22nd, 1995, and she was born to Deborah and Daniel Heater. And she had a brother. His name's Austin. She was super close with her family growing up. But unfortunately, her father passed away when she was very young. That is so tough. I know. Leaving Deborah to raise her two kids on her own. So Courtney graduated from Plainfield Central High School, class of 2013. She was super passionate about being an athletic trainer for high school sports teams. She played rugby, which that is such an amazing sport. I don't know if you like know anything about rugby but it just reminds me of like football without helmets oh (laughs) jeez i know wow yeah (laughs) yeah i don't really sport but that definitely does not sound at my alley at all yeah i mean it it's it's an awesome sport um so she played rugby hockey and was also a cheerleader and dancer i mean did she just 
go to extracurricular activities all day. That was her thing. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. So she played on several different rugby teams, including a collegiate all-star team and then also an all-star hockey team. And then she did travel cheer and dance. So it's probably the type A in me, but I'm wondering how she prioritized these. Like, what if there was something going on at the same time? And which one do you pick? I don't know. I mean, I struggle with that with my kids' activities. I mean, this is impressive. I mean, she really had a lot going on. Yeah. So after high school, she went to Northwestern University. And then she went to Robert Morris University in Chicago. Then she went to Western University and she studied nursing. So why did she go to three different schools? Do you know? I have no idea. Huh. I wonder. um, I know that I probably would have transferred back home if I went to school in like North Carolina and my parents were still in Louisiana because I was so homesick. So I wonder, I mean, I don't know where Northwestern is in comparison to LaGrange, but I wonder if she just wanted to be closer to home. Maybe. Or maybe they didn't have the right program that she wanted. True. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this girl was the whole package. She was incredibly smart, a collegiate athlete, beautiful, Mm. caring. She had the whole world at her fingertips. She was also very social, had tons of friends, and she was very active on social media. So speaking of social media, I was flipping through some of her pictures, and she seemed like she was kind of like the one who was always just doing something just more fun than everyone else. Mm-hmm. So when you were talking, it reminded me of this one picture. She has some piece of food in her mouth, and her friend <laughs> said, is that chicken? And she's like, no, nah, it's a hot dog. And I was like, yeah, that's just fun. And I mean, I... I'm very careful about what I post on Facebook and I love how wide open and how fun and how young we were able to see. We really got a true glimpse of who Courtney was. Definitely. Yeah. But I think we need to hear from Debbie, uh, Courtney's mom in her words about Courtney. So let's um, talk about Courtney. Um, I would love just to hear more about um, who she was. And I can tell from the pictures that we've seen of her and some of the stories that we've read that she brought so much joy to this world. And we would just like to hear a little bit more about her. Um, she did. She really did. Um, she uh, first was born on May 22nd, 1995. Um, I waited to have her to be a Gemini like me. Um we're just a week apart and um, we are so much alike. I didn't want her to be a Taurus. I want her to be a Gemini and she's so much a Gemini. Um, this is her room that I'm in. Um, that's her quilt that Cassie's family had me made. I don't know if you can see it. Yes. Um, yeah, it's and um, those are her words. This is where I do all my work um, because I feel close to her in here. Um, we moved into this house um, just right after she was born, we bought the house, um, when, um, she was already born. So we bought this house in 94 and, um, she loved sports, just loved sports. She started out, um, of course with softball and then baseball and, um, same with her brother. Her brother is older, Austin, um, he's a year and a half older, just about two years. And, um, he was I'm, actually, I'm sorry, take that back. Um, two and a half years. He's born in 92, Austin. And um, she just, when he was young, just looked so much up to him. Um, one thing that always reminds, um, makes me think of Courtney is, um, you know how kids go to the store and you're at the checkout and they want something. And um, 
at the time they would always have um, little small action figures or little small dolls. And her brother, of course, always wanted the action figures and gum. And Courtney always wanted the girl stuff. And Austin would be always more persistent. And Courtney would, would take no and be so good about it. She said, okay, mom, next time. Okay, next time. And I said, yes, next time. She was always so good about that when she was young until she became older. It wasn't easier as that. But um, in the beginning, she was just so easygoing. Um, when she was born, um, we almost both died in childbirth. Um, I kept feeling belly button pain from her um, and the cord was wrapped around her neck. And that's why I was able to oh, choose wow. what day to have her because I, um, I waited to have her because they were going to induce me with Austin. I didn't have to be induced. I was natural, but with Courtney. And then um, we both went into stress and we both um, almost died. Um, and uh, we're giving um, both of us. Well, I was given morphine for the pain and broke out in a rash but um, I almost lost her then. And um, I didn't even think I was having a girl. So we um, only had one name picked out. We had a bunch of na boys names picked out. But from day one, um, she was going to be Courtney. Her father picked that name. Um, we only had her name. And then Deborah's her middle name after me because um, I have my grandmother's middle name. Um, so... Um, she started getting it. Her brother played hockey. So, of course, she had to play hockey um, and went right, right into co-ed hockey. Um, she loved it. She played it her whole life, even through high school. In high school, they wanted her to join a girls team. And she did. And she quit. She couldn't take it because you're not allowed to check in girls hockey. So then um, in high school, um, before high school, her father and I wound up getting a divorce. And Courtney, she was very upset about it because her dad didn't stand in contact with her, with her or her brother. And um, he passed away actually when she was in high school of cancer. So from eight years old until um, junior, um, I think it was sophomore year, she never saw her father again. Either did her brother. Um, so. Um, that was really hard on her. Um, we're not a very big family. It was always just the three of us. Um, it, it's unfortunate, but that's the way it was. Um, so Courtney was very big into everyone else was her family. So that's why she was always drawn to other people. Other people were drawn to her. Um, a lot of people say we were a lot alike. And um, I take a lot of pride in that. And I guess that's what bothers me the most is because I don't have anyone anymore to be like me. She even got into nursing like I did. Um, raising them on, on my own was very hard because I got into construction to be able to support them better. So Courtney would go with me on side jobs as electrician. She knew how to wire things. She was always just like me, a tomboy. Um, Guys really liked Courtney because she was easy to talk to and someone you can go to. And girls really liked her for the same reason. We had that in common. Um, even down to her favorite color, which is purple, 
when I grew up, um, I liked purple. You're going to laugh because Donny Osmond liked purple. I don't even know who that is. Yes, uh, we do. <laughs> okay. So um, it's funny that that's her favorite color. And this year, all I planted in the garden, flowers are purple for her. I have only but purple everywhere. And her room used to be purple. All her prom dresses were purple. She went to both proms. But um, in high school, we wound up finding out that Courtney had a cyst in her brain. And she had brain surgery, and um, which was really hard for her at that time because she had to have parts of her head shaved. She had very long hair, mm. wearing those electrodes. She didn't want to wear them to school. And how we found out is Courtney's um, one of her first few boyfriends. Um, I was at work. She collapsed in the hallway going to the bathroom. And it's funny because that's the way she died, too. Yeah. Um, I'll explain later. But um we found out then and, and we um, went through brain surgery in high school, which was really hard um, to, to take the, um, the cyst out. And she would have headaches where she could feel her um, brain hit her skull, it expand. And the headaches were very bad, even to the day she died. So um, they couldn't remove it because she had bleeding on the brain, which caused short term memory loss. So they deflated it. And every year she had to check on her brain. Um, to see if it was filling up again. So um, once she became over 18, it wasn't my responsibility anymore. She took it over, which was really hard to do. Um, and to sit there by myself um, while she had surgery. And then I lived in the hospital for her with her for a week. Um, that's why I know Courtney didn't do drugs. She couldn't. Um, Courtney is ADHD like me and her brother, and but Courtney um, didn't want to go on medication, so she didn't get diagnosed until high school. Um, I think it was her sophomore, junior year. So she wasn't supposed to play rugby, but she played rugby, and um, she excelled in rugby. I don't know if you know anything about rugby, but there is no equipment to rugby. It's a mouth guard. That's it. So she had many broken things. Um, one season, they pulled her shoulder out. She had to have anchors put in her shoulder, um, got kicked in the face. Um, <laughs> and people do it on purpose. It's I never seen her excel so much as other than hockey and rugby. She just loved it. Um, and she played all the way throughout Illinois till she left here. So she moved to North Carolina, um, more than one team, women's teams. She never wanted to stop. Her goal was to play even when she went to North Carolina. Um, she loved animals. I bought her first dog, Harley, her chocolate lab. Um, she loved that dog. And she also um, had another kitten out there. Um, 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 I'm sorry, I can't think of her name right now. Um, well, she got lost when she was out there. Um, Harley got hit, but we'll go into that later. Um, what else can I say about Courtney? Um, happy, always um, ambitious. She wanted to get into nursing. Um, she was going to college for nursing. Courtney's dream was to be in pediatric neurology oh. because of the cyst in her brain. She knew what that was like, and she wanted to help other children with that. She just always wanted to give back. She was she wanted to have a family. She wanted children. Um, she wanted to fun, 
find the love of her life. And um, when her father died, Courtney, after her father died, Courtney really didn't cry much. She always kept herself in a position that um, she didn't cry. So um, she just would, she told me how she thought of that is that she would think of all the things that are bad and then it would cause her not to cry. That was the only difference between her and I. Other than that, we were very much uh, alike. We would do anything for our friends or family. Um, except I was a morning person. Courtney was a night person. <laughs> she was not an easy riser. She liked her sleep. Um, but that that's I guess that's about all I can say about her. She was a better person than myself. She sounds like an amazingly tough woman who brought a lot into this world. And I love the story about purple so much. <laughs> I know. I didn't even realize that. So when she died, I was thinking, I know I liked purple. And I remember Donny Osmond because <laughs> his color was purple. Did Courtney have friends here in North Carolina? One. One. One, One friend, yes. Let her didn't let her really have friends. He, um, Courtney has always been a social butterfly. Um, Courtney's been on every social media. Courtney has, oh my gosh, MySpace. I think it started with MySpace uh -huh. when she was I eight. <laughs> and I think she's been on Facebook since she's been eight or nine. So she's been on her whole life. Um, she talked to the next door neighbors, um, one across the street, one next to her. Mm -hmm. I would say that that would be her, um, would be sort of acquaintances and um, just Anne, just Anne from work. Um, so she didn't have one immediately. She was pretty much isolated. And that's how the relationship was meant to be. Cool. Before she ever moved out there, he already had her coming off of um, social media. Can we talk for a second about the timeline of their relationship? Yes. Yes. They met online. Do you know what kind of platform they met on? Like a dating app or something? I believe it was Facebook. I can't be certain, but I'm pretty sure even knows about that. And she knows about the restricting of the um, social media. Um, because um, everyone who wanted to talk to her on social media had to go through accounts. So when she was... Yeah. So she deleted all of her accounts and they had to go through him to get to her. Yeah. Um, even till she died, she wasn't on Facebook for a, a little over a year. And they met in March of 2018. And one thing that stands out to me that she told me uh, about him, um, she was just getting over um, a breakup with a guy she met in rugby in Australia. And they met out here and she really cared a lot for him. She, she was planning a future with him. And then um, they lost connection um, because of distance. And then, um, let me move this out of the way. And then um, he admitted to her of having another relationship. So that pretty much ended the relationship. So he wasn't being faithful and she moved on from that. And so he targeted 
people from Illinois and she didn't even know that he was out of state when she first started talking to him. It was about a month. No, I'm sorry, take that back, a few weeks. Then she realized he was from North Carolina. And the reason for that is that um, he would come out to Illinois to see his sons. Um, and when he came out here, he needed someone to take him around. So within the first two weeks, he came out here and she picked him up and he needed a place to stay and everything. Um, she found the most attractive thing about him is that he came out every month to see his child or his child was sent out to him. Um, his um, mother is from out in Illinois. And um, she thought that that must be a great quality. I expressed my feelings that I don't like the way that nobody that you know knows him. But um, she had such great things to say with him. And the biggest thing that got him in the door was how he treats his son, that he would spend that kind of money, that he was that dedicated. And it's hard to find fathers that do that. But that's how it, it, it started. So then how long were they communicating and meeting up before she decided to make the move to North Carolina? She moved um, July, I think it was the first, I believe she moved of 2018, within three months. Um, oh. Or was that four months, four months. And how he got her to do that is um, Courtney was going to nursing and she took um, some time off. She wound up going um, to Western and then um, didn't like being that far, came back home, started at Robert Morris. And then when she went to Robert Morris, it was very expensive for her. And she decided to start working in the medical field and then get her um, some money behind her and, and find out some other way to get financing. It was very expensive at Robert Morris. I went to Robert Morris for medical assisting and they started a new um, nursing program. So um, she took a break and that's when she started getting in with the eye surgeons that she worked for. She had a job out here before she left here to the day, like almost to the day she left, she had the job. So he told her that his mom is the head of um, nursing in the ER and works in the ER department, had the ER department in nursing. And he could get, she could get him, she could get Courtney into the hospital working and pay for her schooling. Well, that so sounds boring. Yes. So um, Courtney was supposed to re-sign up for school starting in September and get a job immediately as soon as she got down there. But that was a trick. I don't think even Courtney knew that. She never understood why his mom had never talked to her about it. And she didn't want to bring it up and kept stringing her along. But when they moved, when she, he came to move her, he didn't take all her things. He wouldn't let her have a moving truck. He wouldn't get one. Only some of her things went, he bought a pickup truck out here for $1,000. And it went in a small Dodge Dakota pickup truck. And then everything got moved out there. Most of it got ruined. Mm. He just never had any respect for anything of hers. So when they left here, um, his son, went with them for a visit and he was only supposed, uh, they're only supposed to be out there two weeks to a month. That's it. And, um, they, he wound up kidnapping his child till, till November. So the mom was fighting and fighting to get the child back. So Courtney was the nanny. 
Wow. So Courtney wasn't allowed to work and that's not what was designed. Um, they moved into a house that his father paid cash for right next door to them. And out there in a kind of, there's only, I think it's only tw- population is 1200. If I remember correctly, it's very small, small very rural. And the, their house, the father's house is up at the top of the hill. There's a cattle gate with a big lock on it. Um, so um, she wasn't playing this. So when they moved in there, they didn't even have a refrigerator, didn't have a stove, didn't have any furniture other than what Courtney brought. Courtney brought her own bed. Um, she brought um, end tables, no dress or anything, very limited. Um, it was months before they had a fridge. And yet I wasn't allowed to buy one. Even to the day she died, she never had a washer and dryer. Um, the father was in charge of paying the um, electric. So there was many months that Courtney lived there with no electric, no car. Um, she w- she um, was told not to bring her car. And so she would be stuck with this little toddler with no TV, no internet no car, no place to go at the whim of when he decided to come home from work and he worked for his dad. Did she have a phone? Could she even contact her? Yes, but out there, the reception is so, so bad. But we have Verizon, um, so it's better than it was. When Courtney met him, even till then, um, he had a flip phone that you pay as you go phone. But later that changes because she buys them both new phones and both iPhone watches. But we'll talk about that later when we start talking about my suspicions. But um, anyway, um, so till so from July till November, that's all Courtney did was take care. So you have a toddler. It's really hard to entertain them. Even though his father has a house with a built-in pool, they never came checked on. They never um, did anything. And since he works for the father, it's all based on the fact that whatever his father felt like giving him of his check. So um, Courtney didn't have any income out there. I told her, you can claim unemployment. You got relocated. He wouldn't allow that. He wouldn't allow anything. He wanted the control of everything, just like his father has the control of him. So it's it's the same thing. The family was never welcoming to her. Harley, who um, wasn't even a year old, uh, is a house dog, a chocolate lab. And I bought Harley before they even met. It would have been two. I bought Harley, I believe, in January of 2018. Harley was born in November of 2017. And um, they discussed that Harley would be kept inside. Harley, when they got there, everything changed. Harley was not allowed in the house. Harley spent her whole time always outside, no matter what the weather was. And even Harley got hit by a car out there and still had to stay outside. Courtney would sleep on the porch. I don't know if you've seen what the house looks like um, with Harley because Harley wasn't allowed even to recover in the house. And that was the December of 2019, December, 2018. Yeah. Cause Harley wasn't even out there three months and she got hit by a car. And the reason she got hit by a car, it's not a fenced in yard, but the neighbor across the street would take care of Harley, but Harley, he was always very jealous of Harley 
and her cat. He didn't like anyone else but him to be the focus. He would even sometimes get jealous of the attention that Courtney had. Courtney did so much with him. She was like a mother to him. Um, she went through chicken packs with him. She um, taught him, started teaching him to be potty trained. Courtney was only 22 years old then. And baby. Yeah, became a mother to him. There's wonderful pictures of them together. Um, Halloween, the first Halloween, um, she was very upset. She called me and said um, he hasn't even let me have a Halloween costume. And here it's Halloween and she's sitting on the porch and she's FaceTiming me and she's and she's crying. And Courtney doesn't cry. But a few times out there, she let me see that. And because he doesn't have a Halloween costume and Halloween is so big in our family. I mean, I decorate the whole yard. We have mannequins, you know, things in the lawn. It's a whole theme. And Halloween's always been very big for us. Um, you know, I, I always made their costumes. It, it wasn't, it was always an elaborate thing. So she's crying because here it's Halloween. He's not even home and it's almost dark time. He doesn't even have a costume. And he didn't care. There was, there's times that Courtney called um, me and she's trying to figure out how to get milk for the child when they first got out there. And um, he says, um, you know, I, I first need to get my medication. He calls his drugs his medication. If there's anything left over, we can get milk. So I remember there was nothing left over. It was like the first week they were out there. Um, so she went in line to pay for the milk and pretended she thought she had money in her pocket. And the guy behind her bought the milk. Oh, bless her heart. Yeah. Did yeah. wow. you know about his drug problem? Um, he never admitted to the degree it was. He always blamed it on that, you know, I have to do this because I miss. I have to take cocaine because I have to be able to work more to provide for. I'm depressed, so I need um, fentanyl and heroin because I'm depressed. Um, it was always the excuse on. So she knew when she met him, they, he um, had this drug problem, but um, Courtney's um, smoked pot and she figured if she upped smoking pot that he could switch it for that and she can get him off him. she's going to save him. Mm. Courtney always, it's unfortunately one thing that her and I have in common. We want to save everything. That's why I have the amount of animals I have. Um, even all her friends we would have parties. This is where they all hung out. They all slept. We just took everything on, you know, we were always saving things. So, um, she wanted to save him, but, um, that was his excuse. Not until, um, the November before she died, did she really understand that the amount of drugs he takes, he hit it pretty well, pretty well. She learned to see that when his eye color changes, he's high. But um, she's never been exposed to anyone on drugs. We have a family friend that was on, um, I believe it was heroin. And Courtney was so upset about that, she stopped speaking to him. And um, this is a family friend we met through hockey. 
on the hockey teams. And she just wouldn't talk to me anymore. She was so disappointed in him. The parents don't even live together. I don't know if you know that. A lot of people don't know that. Mm -hmm. And how that went about is um, soon after Courtney went out there, and this was very disturbing for Courtney, um, she would, they would um, argue a lot because he's a very big alcoholic. He's a very big drinker, but he puts on a good show at church and a good Bible thumper. Use Bible as a weapon. You'll see how he um, preaches a lot and recites the Bible, but yet they made Courtney responsible for keeping not an overdose. They taught her how to administer Narcan, Suboxone. Courtney never was exposed that she learned what withdrawal is. Courtney was the nanny. He used to joke in the beginning when he was going to bring her down that she's going to be the nanny. I found out now that all Courtney filled was a job position. She wasn't a nanny for, she was a nanny for, for, my goodness. And the parents, and I have many texts, emails, making her responsible so that he can get full custody of That was the whole goal, that she is the caregiver of That's how much contact she had with both of them. All the time, they're calling Courtney. Why is this? Why that? So Courtney had a big responsibility of because she had to answer to them why he wasn't straight. Why is it her fault? They even called her a drug addict in the beginning because she couldn't keep him off some stuff. And then she had to learn quickly with boots on the ground what a drug addict does and how to start. She had to do so much babysitting with him. She's never been experienced to that. One thing that was interesting because I um, looked at his Facebook page and um, tried to look at but hers is locked down. But when I was looking at Facebook page, I specifically scrolled to February just to see, because I mean, this is a really big deal. Your son's girlfriend that was living with him and there's nothing. No, absolutely no. nothing. And no. he like a few days later is posting something about Trump and God. And I'm just astounded and had nothing either on his Facebook page. Now, his was a little bit more locked down where it was completely public, but I was just kind of surprised that there was nothing there. Yes. Nothing. And it brings me to a question, though, because sometimes when you meet people, I mean, my um, my children's doctor calls it mom stinked, where you just have this feeling in the pit of your stomach. When you met, did you have any red flags or creepy eyes when you met him? Yes, immediately. But I knew how much she liked him. And I knew how much he really cared for his um, child. Um, he's not the typical guy that Courtney goes for. Courtney goes for the teddy bear kinds. You know, um, the little more um, heavier, muscular, athletic athletic everybody she's gone out with was athletic just like her no he didn't even play sports as far as I can see he discouraged her she was going to go to North Carolina and play sports he told her everything she wanted to hear that he makes all this money another thing that thought she thought he was okay he said he was a laborer um in the union I'm a union laborer so she tried uh, he tried pretty much 
morphing himself into what he must have really studied Courtney's Facebook. And I think that's what he does because he was shopping um, and, and they were too. They're all shopping for a nanny. And I feel like North Carolina is a non-union state, right, Jenny? Do yep. you know? There's unions it's, here. There are. Okay. But they're very sparse. Very, it's not a union strong state. Illinois is very yes. strong union. The Midwest. Um, later, I found out because I questioned him when I met him out here. Um, he is not in the union, but he welds and does all these things, works for the dad. He, he had a job out here in Illinois, believe it or not, when he had the other he was with the um the child's mom um he was building windmills out here or um whatever those are called um turbines yes thank you thank you um so i i thought that was interesting but no i he's not the type he looked shady to me i didn't like the way you know when courtney's other boyfriends when we go out they want to impress me. They want to pay for things. They want to open the door for me. They want to get in good with the mom. And, and that's the best way to do it. You know, he didn't do none of that. He didn't seem to have any manners. He wasn't brought up. I expected a Southern gentleman. He wasn't that. The only thing Southern gentleman was, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. That's about it. Um, Miss Debbie, that's about it. But uh, other than that, um, he wasn't that. Um, Courtney, he told her a big story about how great his business is with his dad. He's been taken over. You know, he bought them a house to move into. It just, it was the picture perfect. But I had reservations from the beginning, from the very beginning. Did you, and only, meet him? Did you only meet him the one time when he come, came to get her? No, many times. When he, when he would still come out here to see his child. They would come and see me. He's been in my house many times, slept over. Um, one of the last times I saw him for the third or fourth time announced to me that he's done every drug in the world. Very proud of it. Hmm. Yes, to, to Courtney's mom and how he doesn't believe that Courtney's never done drugs or Austin, my son, didn't understand that. He says everybody doesn't. Everybody and he knows he's the authority on him. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That that's something to really hang your hat on. The authority oh, on drugs. Oh <laughs> <Yay>. yeah. <laughs> like an expert. But yeah, he's the expert, gun expert, um, bomb expert, blowing up things expert, all the things you don't want your daughter with. Expert. Wow. So when Courtney was in North Carolina and started to see things go downhill did she ever express wanting to just leave and go back home um not till november before she died um she had a lot of stuff um one great thing about um i have her phone um because her phones are missing including his too the iphones are missing and courtney um is fanatical about pictures. So yeah, most kids um, take pictures, they take a pose, they might take 20 of them, they delete the rest. No, Courtney kept every picture in the world that she's ever taken. And from one phone to the other, 
And she's had a phone since she's been eight because I've been a single mom. When I took one to the ice arena, the other one needed to go to a separate. I had to be in contact. I'm only one person. So she's been saving all these pictures um, until she died. Did I know how long she was documenting what was happening to her body, the drugs that she was finding? Um, she's got videos of him high. Um, and she announced that to me in November. Not till November, the week of Thanksgiving, did she announce to me she wanted to leave. He's a drug addict. She's never used those words. Um, he punched her in the face in September. Um, that she wanted to come home. She told me <clears throat> she told me that she is only strong when she's at home. She never moved her license, her driver's license, her mail. This was still her residence. She didn't even want to take all her stuff because she wasn't sure. And every place she's ever moved, she's always lost things in between. And she didn't want to lose all of her things, even though she's got a house with him. He always announced to her over and over, this isn't her house. This is his house. She wasn't allowed to have a car. She wasn't allowed to have anything. He liked it when she didn't have a job. So um, she told me when she when she came home that last week in November that she's only strong out here that she wants me to come get her. She announced she didn't want to go back with him then, but he talked her into it to go get the dog and everything. And she, I planned to get her the following weekend, which I did. And um, not till then did she tell me, even to the extent did she tell me what he did to her. Um, I didn't find that out till after she died. Hmm. But she told me that he punched her face and almost broke her orbital eye socket. That she told his family and text the pictures and they did nothing about it. And I think she always felt that they would have her back and protect her. No. Did she press charges against him for the September incident? I know that I read it in the police report. Um, no. Um, okay. And by my private investigators and everyone else, he should have, it didn't matter if she did or not, the state should have went after him. That was assault. And there was a witness to the assault that heard everything that went on. The reason Courtney got beatings, I don't know if it says anywhere, but she was the wall between the drugs. So every, she was the battering ram. She was the wall for him not to get it. The day, that day, that he assaulted her that bad, she pulled the keys out of the ignition and wouldn't let him go. Well, he fought her for him back and he got him back. Not only that, he stole the last of her money to buy the drugs. And that witness is the one who told me that. She didn't even tell me that. There was many times, even before that, that he, um, she would call me. He left her somewhere, pushed her out of the car. And then I would call the police from Illinois to go get her finder in South Carolina, North Carolina, because they were only 40 minutes from South Carolina. North Myrtle Beach was the place she really loved. Yeah, I didn't get a lot of information from Columbus County. I um, submitted a Freedom of Information Act. And just like you, I got three pages, which 
I was expecting it, but you never know. Um, because it was interesting with um, with Brandon's case, I requested information from the police through Freedom of Information and got a bunch more. Um, so I wasn't expecting that. Um, they they don't cooperate. Um, I don't know if and, you saw, but their investigation of Courtney's death was a page and a half. It, yeah, and then the nine one one call. I was sent through hoops and finally talked to someone and her excuse was valid. I mean, she did say that she couldn't um, redact the 911 call. And mm-hmm. um, so therefore she couldn't send it to me. So she sent me just the report where it's just more of like a call report. Like the police arrived at this time and they did this at that time. And that's all we got. And to me, that's just really surprising. Um, I got the autopsy, not a lot of information there. It was almost like it was decided before her autopsy even happened exactly what happened. So it's just, it, there's so wow, many connections. How did you yeah. pick up on that? Um, where they wrote on the autopsy, um, I'm going to open it up real quick. So um, it, took, yellow, it took six months to get that. Really? Yeah. It took six months for them to get the autopsy done for a drug overdose. And um, from day one, I'm telling you, day one, girls, it was a drug overdose. And I have the 911 call if you want to listen to it. But he loves to. Okay, um, I will get it to you. But um, it took a lot for me to get it. I had to open up an estate case. I wrote my own subpoenas. I wrote my... um, I went to court. Oh, yeah. I, because nobody would would work, cooperate with me. An estate attorney out there was going to charge me like a divorce for an estate. I had to open up an estate because nobody would let me have anything. Um, it, it, it's been very hard, but they gave me a hard time getting it. Um, I even I pretty much have a lot of stuff um, because I fought, went to court, made the judge enforce it. And um, I'm still fighting for some stuff. Um, I'll tell you a, a little bit what's on the 911 call. Um, it says three times, just like Judas, she doesn't do drugs. No, ma'am, Courtney doesn't do drugs. The father also says Courtney doesn't do drugs. Um, he's giving her CPR. She's in rigor mortis. That's not... Oh, wow. and... They asked him, is he giving her CPR? He's changed his story seven times. Seven times. If you're if it's the true story, you don't change your story. Um, we just got an eighth version of the story that Courtney did drugs to make him mad. <laughs> and the new girlfriend that he started dating three weeks after Courtney died says there's a suicide letter from December in a journal. And the sheriff won't go get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The father admits to me in a text that he has in a, um, that he has Courtney's phone because he's got conversations from Courtney's phone that Courtney taped. Well, they haven't gone get that either. Um, and they haven't worried about her phone or anything. Um, I don't know if I finished telling you that I only have stuff from her till October after that. Oh, yeah, I didn't finish that. I don't have anything on her phone. And Courtney was documenting pretty hard and heavy. And so um, Courtney would not, she ran out of um, 
what is it in the cloud storage in the cloud? Storage, yeah. Mm-hmm. And because he caused her to lose her job, she didn't have any income. And she could have had unemployment, but once again, he wouldn't let her go file for it. Um, so Courtney would not have let anything happen to her phone if she knew she was going to lose stuff from her phone. Yeah. So she was very confident and she had the newest iPhone and so did he. And an iPhone watch, the newest ones. So did he all on her own personal account. Um, and she changed the passwords on there, even though he was administrator for one whole month, she started putting double passwords on everything so that he couldn't get into it. He announced to me many times, he goes through her phone, goes through everything. He has total control of her. And Courtney's not used to that. Courtney has never, I've never gone through her phone in my entire life with her. I've never gone through her things. It's hard for me now to even go through her things because we've always had privacy. Mm-hmm. So um, there's stuff on that phone. There's stuff on that phone. So um, anyway, so back to the 911 call. Father, Courtney was not friends with Father on Facebook. Um, never. Either was, but I was from the very beginning because I wanted to check out the family. And when Courtney was getting ready to go live with, he got arrested. He was in jail. Courtney was writing him in jail, but it was already, she was going to save him. So now here's another reason to save him, you know, and it was, I think it was for drugs and he didn't show up in court or something, but he was in jail for almost a month and the father was going to leave him in there, but he got him out so we can go to court. So he got him out. And, um, well, anyway, um, I forgot where I was going with this. Um, Shit, I lost my train of thought. It was about the 911 call. Oh. He contacts Courtney on Facebook and asks her if she's okay a half hour before the ambulance is called. They weren't friends on Facebook. He had so Courtney. Why wouldn't he text her. her or call her? Good question. And why would he know there's anything wrong with her? This is 3.30 in the morning. And they live just up the hill, right? Yeah. Sounds kind of sketchy. It's very sketchy. Why does he contact her? And how does he know anything's wrong with her? He's never, ever talked to her on Facebook iMessage. It's always texts and phone calls. And why did he wait to call an ambulance? Do and you know what once? Pardon me? What time did he call the EMTs? 3.32. So it's a little after three that he contacts Courtney and they've been trying to break into Courtney's account for Facebook to delete that. That's the only thing I could think of. They're trying. They pretending to be Courtney until I hired a lawyer and three investigators. But I have police and police and police reports three, four, five, six times a day, seven days a week. They were trying to pretend to be Courtney during COVID. To break mm. into her account and be her and reassign everything. I've been threatened by that whole entire family. Stop looking into this. They even tried stopping me by posting her autopsy to embarrass me. Um, because in her autopsy, it says she died of fentanyl and heroin overdose. But all the paperwork says cardiac arrest. Well, under, understandable, but Courtney also died of blunt force trauma to her head, torso, and extremities. 
Courtney, um, you guys haven't seen the autopsy photos, Mm-mm. but they're disturbing. I have them. There Would is- you be willing to share them with us? We will of not course. publish them on social media. Mm-hmm. I promise. Yeah, um, as long as I, you that just kind of helps tell them. the story. We, I promise you, we would not do that. You can be very respectful. No. It's just helpful for us to see and understand. Um, the autopsy report leaves a lot of questions, not just a couple questions. So it would just help us to be able I'd to be happy tell to. the story better. Yeah, I try to leave some stuff behind so that they can be, hopefully he'll be questioned someday. But um, there's a mark on her ankle. I don't know if you guys saw that. I don't know if that's a boot mark or a tire mark. Courtney had a bicycle. Yeah. yeah. And um, there's a, a mark from here to her weight, to her hip. You know, when you fall on the concrete and you scrape your knees and you got that ripped skin? Yes. She's got a mark like that. She was Um, struck. You saw her legs. Mm -hmm. That's my picture from the funeral home. Um, And I almost didn't do that. Um, Her neck and her old face is purple. But yet she's got blood pooling all on her back. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't make sense. To me, that looks like suffocation. Um, she's got bruises all over. She's got marks all over where her nipples are. Um, she's got uh, two broken ribs, um, the fifth and sixth broken rib. And it's not from CPR because they're in the process of healing. Ah. So you could see like on her stomach here, two black and faint black and blue marks so he got her again in the middle of january and all the report states that her body has bruising in different stages of healing she's got defensive wounds she's got bruises on the tops of her feet but you guys are moms you know it's hard to get bruises on your shins very uh-huh. and you saw her legs and her knees um there's broken windows at the house when I went to get her. And the, um, I was told that they spent, I went to go get her on Saturday after she died. Um, the Friday before they spent, the whole family spent the house, the de- whole day cleaning up that house. And they removed five boxes. And that's probably Courtney's stuff. Because I still don't have all her stuff. I don't have her purse. If he gave me a shoes, I got one shoe. He's got my personal things. He's got mm. things of mine that I let Courtney use and have that he has. And he's wearing the stuff on Facebook and everything. Gracious. Oh, that's sick. Sorry. It's yeah. okay. It's, it's very sick. There's upsetting. a t-shirt. He's got one of Courtney's um, on his Facebook. And I forgot to say, they both have two Facebooks. And um, in the older Facebook where he acknowledges Courtney, um, he starts going to the beach with a new girlfriend and it's a tank top. It's her rugby shirt. So he's wearing her rugby and her rugby was in Courtney's soul. So everything rugby is like a diamond ring to her. And he knows that. And she tried joining a team even out there and he, he didn't allow that either. 
I didn't realize he had two Facebook pages and I just found me one that I did not know about. They started those two other Facebooks after um, I started placing police reports about them breaking into Facebook. So people started commenting on them and people were stalking their Facebook. So then they both opened up separate Facebooks. Mm. There's um, Courtney's got a petition change.org. I don't know if you guys saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one comment in there and it's from the new girlfriend's um, one of her children's um, grandmother states in the change.org comments, the reason for signing a petition. I hope somebody does something about this poor girl because it's happening again. And my granddaughter keeps telling me. Please don't want it. The sheriff doesn't want it. One. Yeah. The, the sheriff doesn't want to do anything about it. You know, I was told to come down there last last February with everything I got, okay? Everything I got. I went down there. They wouldn't look at the autopsy photos. They wouldn't um, listen to me. They wouldn't listen to the 911 call. All they had was the autopsy. Didn't even have the toxicology. And it's really hard when you bring a child into this world and then you got to look at photos like that when they pull her skull back and the hair's hanging where her face should be. And then you ask that medical examiner months before, every month I called, you know, do you want to see her, her medical records? I want you to look for what happened to her brain because I was hoping that it wasn't what I thought it was. I was hoping it was a brain aneurysm, but no matter what it is, He's responsible because someone has that to their brain. You don't beat on it. And Courtney, um, when she was punched in the face, she had her brain looked at again because they thought her orbital eye was broken. Um, they saw the the burr holes in her skull in, in the, the lab work, but yet the medical examiner never saw them. And they had her head exposed. Her and the skull. medical examiner never saw the burr holes. No, the answer I got, why didn't you see him? I guess it wasn't that important. We didn't think it would be that important. But yet, Courtney has marked between her legs. No rape kit was done. Um, marks between her legs. They didn't notice that she's got a broken retainer in her mouth. They don't even notice that she's got no adenoids and tonsils. They never looked down her throat. Um Courtney had a permanent retainer in her mouth. He broke it out of her mouth at that September punching. And the only reason I know that is when she came home the first week in December and I brought her home, she told me she needed to see the um, the orthodontist to get it replaced. But it was a permanent retainer in her mouth, in her lower part of her mouth. A break. I have one. Yes. (laughs) But if you see, um, I don't think I post all the pictures of how he punched her, but she, all these pictures that you guys see, she took all these pictures. These aren't any, but she's taking pictures at work. And um, I have a recorded conversation where he tells her to tell people she was playing rugby and we Mm. called rugby out there. She wasn't on a team. He tells her, doesn't tell someone to hit you in the bar. You got in a fight with another girl. He tells her this. And she had to go to work. She finally got a job after 
fact. And she was this the one at Hensdale Eye Center? No, that's the job she had before she left. Up here. Okay. And um the other place, um, shoot, I don't I don't have the name of it right in front of me. But okay. um do you want me to get that for you? Oh no, I or was just wondering. Important? Um it's not important. She worked for I an eye surgeon, which is so embarrassing, and then she comes in with her face looking like that. He caused her to be late all the time because they had to share a car and it was depending on when he had to leave. Mm -hmm. um, he would stalk her outside of work all day if he didn't have to work, which he didn't work a lot. And um, he would do drugs in the parking lot. And that's what I was told the reason she lost her job. Um, because when they walked out, her and her boss and some other people, um, he collapsed in the parking lot. Oh, my goodness. And she was horrified to see that. She's not ever used to this, but she's constantly making excuses. And, and she lost her job. I think it was like three weeks after she got punched in the face. He always was causing her to take off to go to court with him. Um, the reason why I know, I have no doubt in my mind, Courtney did not do drugs. She never did. She smoked pot. And I knew about that. Courtney and I, even talked about intimate things between him and her. We're very close. Um, Courtney, one, wouldn't do it because she's got a cyst in her brain. And because of the, the brain surgery thing, Courtney could have had any drug in the world she wanted at any time. And she chose not to. How she dealt with her headaches to the time she died is extra strength, Excedrin migraine, um, lots of caffeine, and peppermint oil. Um, mm. She could have had morphine. She could have had opioids. She could have had anything. Um, and she chose not to have any of it. She, um, even before she died, she um, she slipped off the back stairs going to our garbage cans. And I took her to the emergency room to check her back. Even then, in front of me, the doctor says, look, you're going back home. You're going to have a long car ride. I'll give you some pain and muscle relaxers. She turned them down. And she said, because he's just going to take them from her. Um, he took everything from her. Even when they came to save her, no drugs were found. Her prescriptions for Adderall, her, um, she was taking antidepressant finally, anxiety pills. Courtney didn't have that problem before. She was on my insurance. And um, she wasn't filling out the accident report. She didn't want me to know. And also... Um, because Courtney takes Adderall, we have to be tested every few months to get our prescriptions. Um, Courtney's own doctors never believed she did drugs, but she knew about the beating and they were very worried about that. One time, um, Courtney, the last month before she died, went into the doctor's office twice that month um, and explained that she wanted to leave the relationship. She wanted to go to Florida and seek help. Um, that she's been trying to schedule a plane, but every time she schedules air tickets, he goes into her account and takes all the money out for drugs. Even that witness down the street said that she screamed, why do I have to let, give you money for drugs? I don't do drugs. Nobody I know of will ever believe that Courtney did drugs. Courtney could have had any drugs. She had Adderall and she had time release, very good Adderall. We all take it. She could have done all the Adderall she wanted. Um, she didn't do that. 
She always tried to do with less. Um, my, my daughter would do that. She was going to nursing. She cared what people thought. She would be horrified that people think this. Um, he wouldn't even identify her body. He wasn't quite that. And I was wondering, I, from what I can understand, and I may have read this incorrectly, but Courtney wasn't identified until she was already in the morgue. Is that correct? Yes. My goodness. Um, because from Just what I read, she was a Jane Doe. Yeah. I am so sorry, sorry Debbie. I, I'm having a really hard time wrapping my head around. Um, yeah, and this is all normal. This is all normal, according to the sheriff. This is all normal. normal. And you like guys this is heard- what they do when they take someone via EMT to the hospital, that if they're pronounced dead, they just go straight to the morgue and they don't identify them? No, that is not, that is not normal. But according to the sheriff, this is all normal. I need to get over this. I've been laughed at, made fun of from day one. From day one, they've called this a drug overdose. They've never called it anything else. They never even treated this as a crime scene. And you're going to hear in the 911 call, this is the most disturbing thing. He says the whole time he's giving her CPR, but he never shuts his mouth enough to even breathe one breath into her. He's boohooing all over the place, um, but no tears. You can hear there's no tears. Um, And he just screams, Courtney, Courtney. And... um, they ask him if he's overdose, if overdose. And then in the middle of all this, the operator says, do you want me to call your mom and dad? Yeah. Yeah. He recites their phone numbers. And then they say, how the hell do they know about the, the That's not in the kind of, that's in Whiteville. So <laughs> never do they ask, where's Courtney's mom and dad? Granted, her dad is deceased, but they don't know that. They never ask about her mom and dad. They never, I to this day, the police have, the sheriff has never asked me a question about Courtney. In fact, they never called me to even tell me she was dead. How no. did you find out? The medical examiner called me in the one report you read. They find out that Courtney's not identified because he was messed up when she died and nobody writes that down he was pretty bad the house was a disarray there's nothing in the police reports about that there, no the house was tore up there's nothing there's broken windows all over the place and the and, and the glass is broken in the inside a little bit on the outside but most of the glass windows are broken the outside has shot out the windows in that house once before but the blinds are broken. I have pictures of all that too. Um, but they never ask a, about Courtney's mom. Then they check her in. And so how I found out is the medical examiner calls me and tells me, and I think it's five hours later. It, 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 it's too late. He contacts me by text early in the morning. On the day Courtney died, it's Super Bowl Sunday. And I... I always had a hard time sleeping, but this day was exceptional. I couldn't fall asleep until 3.30. I finally fall asleep. But before that, Courtney loved that show, Say Yes to the Dress. 
<laughs> she watched it for years, reruns, reruns. Guess what I'm watching? I hated that show. Say yes to the dress. And I couldn't stop watching it. I'm sitting there thinking, why am I saying yes to the dress? I'm watching it as she's dying. And I don't even know it. And I still don't understand, but he texts me and says, could you um, contact me in reference to Courtney? Uh, or could you call me first? And then um, I didn't see it. And then he, he texts me again. And these are hours after she's already gone. I think this is like six in the morning, five in the morning. Then he does again, um, another one a couple hours later. And then I text him back and he says, could you call me concerning Courtney? And or text me. And I text him. He says, can you give me a few minutes? So I do. And I never hear back from him again. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you received the call from the ME. Hours later. And I had this gut feeling and I thought, no, somebody would contact me. But I always got yelled at by Courtney when I always thought the worst. And um, before Courtney moved out there, I, I didn't say this, but um, I was married before their father. And my first husband was electrocuted mm. at 24. And when Courtney left, I had this feeling when she moved out there, the last thing I said to her when she left, uh, moved out of here, I says, Courtney, you know how hard it's been for me. And I can't go through another person dying at 24. Promise me you won't. She got really mad at me. She says, Mom, you don't think very much of me. I said, yes, I do, honey. But I can't drive, do a drive-by and check on you. I can't do that and you're so big on your privacy and everything else and um she died at 24 just like him so i think that's all we have time for for today we will catch up with you next week and give you more of this story hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and take care true crime mama's podcast is a production of tcm productions theme music created by the talented brian anderson cover art created by design extraordinaire marley soden Studio sponsored by McDowell Heating and Air. Keep your home comfortable all year with McDowell Heating and Air. True Crime Mamas podcast is property of True Crime Mamas LLC. Support True Crime Mamas by following us on Instagram and Facebook and check out our website at truecrimemamaspodcast.com for sources and more.